up to Perik Bays of Precious. Uh, last time we met, we were talking about general Precious, Precious as a concept that, that affects the entire world. A Precious that happened that, that's necessary because otherwise the natural inertia of people's uh, uh, getting uh, overly absorbed and um, distracted uh, by, by physicality, the way that God created the world, the way he created the natural friction between the neshama and the guf, between the soul and the body. So it, it became necessary uh, to sort of uh, develop precious as a way of people seeing the need to monitor the behavior and not to delve too much into physicality because it would destroy the world. But there's a second precious, and that what it, that's what he's going to get into in Perak Bay's a more uh, sort of Jewish precious, a precious that, that affects people who are um, following Torah. So let's begin. We read the bottom of the Leif, of the Leif Tov in the Chos of Avos, and uh, my particular sefer, Ayin Dalad Reish, um, Turns the letters around, okay, but um, but it's Perig Beis. Okay, so let's let's proceed. It's really incredible stuff. I'm now going to give you the guidelines and um, an explanation for what the more specified precious is. And precious is abstaining. Precious is um, moving away from uh, you know different types of pleasures. Is it's abstinence in a certain way. What need is there for people who are observing Torah to be involved in this type of abstinence? Is it necessary? What does it accomplish? Like this. I mean, I would love to hear questions if you can unmute yourself, but if you're not asking, I think it's better if you go on mute because I'm hearing the background noise. We're all hearing it. So, um, Okay. But please, we do welcome questions. We have a chat. You can uh, text a question or you can just unmute yourself and, and ask a question. We welcome that. Not a problem. Okay. So, exactly what this Jewish precious is, uh, the wise people, many different uh, rabbinic and uh, Torah sources argued about what, how would you define it? What is, how would you explain it? One explanation of precious would be anything that distracts a Jew from service to God. Okay, that would be a lack of, that would be what precious would move, take a person away from. In other words, um, totally focus on one's service at uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu, And anything that might be a distraction, one should move away from. So abstaining from any type of those distractions would be called precious. Another person might say that precious is to be repulsed by this world and to conquer all of one's passions and desires, just a sort of complete removal of, of a person going after anything that he is longing or she's longing for and to uh, sort of be repulsed by the Temptations of this world. Another explanation would be the attempt to give the soul some peace, some comfort. 
cannot in any way look uh, to what's going to give an individual any type of comfort and pleasure to remove oneself from any of that, just to be focused on spiritual growth and spiritual development. A lot of these seem similar. They're subtly different. Another one might say that precious means a complete trust in HaKadosh Baruch He's going to take care of me. I have nothing else to worry about. I, I throw myself completely onto Hashem. Another person might say, no, precious is, is literally just having the clothing on your back. And all you need to do is break your, your um, famineist, uh, being in a, fa- in, a, in a state of being you know, famished and, and desirous of food and very hungry. Or eat what you basically need, very basic, cover your body with the basic clothing that you need, and after that, that's it. You don't need anything else. Ulamos as koma shechutzmizan, to be repulsed by anything other than that. Chachamach uh, or Omer is another wise person who would say, Another form of precious might be to avoid all types of social interactions. I'm not a party person. I don't need to hang, be hanging around people um, and to socialize. No, no, I, I'm a hermit. Okay? I love being uh, alone. I love in, I love solitude. I love meditating. Okay, that's another form of of precious. Someone else would say that precious is a constant thank you for good. And to accept with love and with uh, all you know total acceptance things that do not appear good, things that are negative. The Gamzulatoba attitude, uh, that could be precious. Another wise person would say, And this is the one that he's going to really embrace as the most acceptable to him. Not to say these other things are necessarily bad, but if you're going to define precious, he's going to like this one the best. Is to try to refrain from all types of comfort and physical pleasures, except for those that we physically naturally need. Okay, we need to function. We cannot live in a world where we are devoid of physical pleasures. But there is what we need and what we don't need. There's what's essential, what's not essential. So to partake of the essential aspects of pleasure in this world, but really nothing else. Um, because those you can't do without. Okay, we discussed obviously, you know, uh, having a family and putting food in your body. And obviously we have to have some level of relaxation, some level of distraction, depending on who you are and what you do and your stress level. So that which you need, fine. But that which you don't need, stay away from. And to stay far away from anything that's not in this category. And this definition and these boundaries of, of what precious is, is the most right. 
in explaining the precious that our Torah wants us to do, commands us to be involved in. He feels it's more appropriate than any of the other types of precious that we mentioned. This is the proper precious. To adopt a mentality that says, I am going to partake of this world. I am going to enjoy the pleasures of this world, but that which I need. That which I need to function, to thrive, to grow, to be a, a positive Jew, that's what I will do. But what I don't need, the excesses, I am, I'm, I'm going to stay far away from that. Okay, he feels that's, a, that's a, the, um, the most on-target definition. Okay, so now that we sort of have the definition, and the reason why it's so important for people who observe the Torah to have this outlook on life, for the simple reason that the goal of the Torah to have the seichel, let me just shut this fan, to have the seichel control the, the physical drives. As, he, as we spoke about last time, and he said in the, in the first parak, we are made up of physicality and spirituality. And God put the physicality into us and made this world a physical world so that we will be able to conquer um, the, the, the temptations, do the mitzvos, um, use the physicality only of what is necessary then to uh, you know, focus on our spiritual growth and our commitment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, so in order for a Jew to do that, he, he, he or she needs to first win fundamentally the battle between the physical drive and the intellect. What's going to drive your life? You're wanting to make yourself feel good or you're wanting to uh, nurture your soul and become a Jew closer to Hashem. So one more time, the goal of the Torah is to have the intellect have dominion over your physical drives and to control them and to be stronger than them. Who's winning out? Is it your intellect that's winning? Or is it your desire that's winning? Which one wins out? You're, you're committed to go to the minion at 7 o'clock, and obviously I'm uh, mostly talking to women who don't go to minion in the morning. Uh, looks like, yeah, it's, it's all women tonight, except for me. Um, you know, so, uh, but that would be one example of, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're committed to be at minion, and the alarm clock goes off, and that, the comfort of that pillow with the blanket and then the, the down comforter, it's just so, it's so uh, fantastic. And, you know, I'll, I know I told him I'm going to be there, but can't get up, just can't get up. And of course, you know, every men and women have their challenges. We might commit to certain things. We might be expected to do certain things. And then other things come up and, and I want to go here and I want to go there. And this is, so basically it's that constant tension between the physical world and the spiritual world and the ability for us and the need for us to master uh, the intellect over, over the, uh, the physical. And now it gets into an incredible analysis of what's going on. And it's almost like, this was written, you know, hundreds of years ago. Good, good, maybe eight hundred, about eight hundred years ago or so. Um, 
And like, it, it, to me, it just reads so much to what's going on in today's world. I just had a conversation um, last night with a number of students who are in the field who are in Clay Kodesh and doing amazing things. And you know, they were talking about the challenges of people who are not infused with spirituality. And this is a common issue that people are talking about that where we go through the motions, but there's just no depth. There's no um, passion. Uh, there's no fire. And, and this is something that, you know, and basically it, it really put, it calls into question what really are the driving principles of a person's life. So look at the way he says this pretty, pretty incredible. The W. Do, who he says, it's, it's a well known thing. He is Gabris at Taival Asechu Asharish of All sin is rooted in the concept of the physical world winning out over the spiritual world. Our passions get the best of us, and, and um, on one way or another, but it has to do with physical, physical aspects. That is the essential root of all sin. When Taiva, when passion wins out over intellect. And it's the cause of all types of uh, defective uh, character traits. Things that we do that we're sometimes so not proud of. And forever, during all the years, he lays down a fundamental principle of Jewish history. The Jewish people never went away um, from the Torah and went after the... um, the passions of this world. Um, one second. They never went and, and went after the passions. Okay, it's only after they left the Torah. They had to first leave the Torah and make the Torah as a secondary issue and put something else as a priority over the Torah. And after the Eitzara convinced them that this Olam Abba thing is really just not that of a big deal. What are you thinking so much about Olam Abba? Let's not, you know, let's not focus in on it. What, what is important is now. The, the enjoying this world, you know, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you shall die. That type of philosophy is what won over the Jew to de-emphasize spirituality and then, unfortunately, fall into a deadly trap. Shehu Olam Atalosam Amiti which of course, oh my boy, is the world that will be their ultimate salvation. And that's really what it, it's all about. And therefore they were convinced to go away from the paths of their fathers, the proper path. Okay, had they kept on their father's path, they would have only uh, had um, partaken in things that they needed for their sustenance. And even that was only for what they need. And to be content with what they needed for their livelihood. Once the Yetzer, the Yetzirah started blinding them and convincing them and moving them away. Come on. We got to live a beautiful life. This is, uh, look at all the luxuries out there. Look at all the fantastic things you can uh, you can have that summer home uh, in the Swiss Alps. You can have um, you know that beautiful apartment. Uh, who knows where, uh, overlooking uh, some uh, some ocean somewhere. 
or the Mediterranean. And there's so much beautiful things to partake in this world and to uh, indulge in in this world. And to have great acquisitions, get that, uh, you know, the, uh, the um, Lamborghini or the Bentley and all these things that, um, you know, when people are into that, by definition, you know, uh, they're not into something way more important than that. It's, uh, you can't be focused in both directions. And once it gets into the bloodstream, this is why, again, I don't want to get on any soapbox or anything, but sometimes we see some of these advertisements that talk about luxury and the lap of luxury and, you know, this is what you need. You know, you can't have a chasana without uh, shipping in flowers from who knows where and, and all the types of things that, unfortunately, we seem to be enamored with. He's talking straight to us and he's saying, I mean, what, what is that all about? What is that? Where is that a Torah dika? Rebetzin Kanievsky and, and the and uh, her husband would just, there would be no interest whatsoever in, uh, you know, in anything physical. They, she would not get a new mattress, no matter how much you, you, you tried to, you know, convince her, you know, the same 40-year-old mattress was fine. She just completely was not interested. So obviously that, that's a special lady of, of the highest spiritual level. But the point is, are we at least in that direction where we're not, being enamored by this stuff and not longing for it and not feeling that inadequate that we don't have it. So um, he says, once you start making this type of pleasure um, beloved and elevated and, um, and sort of lofty as something to actually aspire to, to you literally are drowning in the traps of that pleasure. It's very poetic. And through that, you're forced to endure the, the, the worries of that. Because the, the concept of the more you gain materialistic wealth, the more you worry, that's not just you know, a nice you know, statement. That's an absolute truth by Chazal. Everything is an absolute truth by Chazal. And, and they're saying when you are acquiring more possessions, you have more daiga, more worry, more pressure, uh, more resentment. There's just so much more that you have to endure because of that, as opposed to a simple life where you're happy with what you have, you're not looking for that. So you, want, you just wanted to do the next mitzvah and, uh, and uh, grow more spiritual and closer to Kodesh Baruch Hu. These pleasures bring sorrows. They bring uh, tremendous headaches. Oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for it? Something went down. Now you, you know, you, you, so you mortgaged, you know, uh, who knows what in order for you to buy what you want to buy. And um, who knows what you did to get the money to buy what you wanted to buy. It, it can lead to a lot of tzaras. And they're almost a lamb. They, they literally surround and, and uh, uh, completely envelop a person. The Otmos says his name. They block the ears from hearing the truth. The Otmos says a name, and they, the eyes cannot see reality. When a nation and a society start going after this value system, it comes out that there's not even one person. How frightening is that? Everybody can get sucked in. Everybody is looking for the, uh, the nicer car. Everyone's looking for the nicer house. Everyone's looking for 
you know, the uh, whatever, the, the best suit, the most, uh, the most beautiful shekel, you name it. It's got to be top of the line, okay, uh, designer made and absolutely uh, breathtaking. So, so, okay, if a person who looks to gain these things actually does gain these things, the Hamas Damlo, they, they sort of become available to this person. And pleasures literally becomes one's Torah. This, this is what really counts. It becomes law. That, that's my philosophy. This is my mantra. My mantra, my essence is luxury. It's beautiful clothing. It's uh, beautiful, you know, delicious food and all types of, uh, of fun. To literally, because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to immediately do the Averis, but if once physicality becomes the order of your day, then you will in, invariably move away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu completely. K'mosh as a Pesach in Yemyo says, your evil will be your admonishment and your pain. In other words, a very involvement in what you want in terms of your drives and your passion, that will actually be a punishment. It's a pain of, of, of being so overwhelmed by all different things that you need to take care of and you, and you need to uh, acquire that even if you get it, it's still going to be uh, painful. You're moving away and the turning away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be your, your rebuke. That will ultimately be what sort of puts you in your place and makes you realize because you're, you're going to not be happy. With the Iri'i. And know and see Kira Vamar Ozvech Hashem Lokayach. Leaving HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bitter. It's, it's terrible. It will not leave you in a good place. You will be empty and you will see that all of the fancy things you wanted only moved you away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and left you empty and, and, uh, and, and uh, really in a very sad, pathetic state. Now, so that's really even, the, those are the ones who even achieve the goal, who get the acquisitions, but they're still not happy because we know what Shalom Melech told us, right? You, if you have uh, uh, 100, you want 200. You have 200, you want 400. So I've said other times, so if a guy has a billion, if you've made it to the billionaire's club, because million now is not even like, that's like small change, that's pocket change. But if you made it to the billionaire's club, can you imagine how miserable that, that person is if you follow Shalom Melech's dictum, right, if you have whatever you have, you want double. So if you have a billion, you want two billion. Okay, that means he's one billion short. You know what it is to want a billion dollars, right? Some people just, oh, if I only had $5,000, you know, okay, you know, you're not that far away. It, uh, but when you want a billion, because you already have it, but you, or you want another billion, my gosh, that's really a lot of want, a lot of desire. Okay, um, so that's certainly not going to, you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be happy. And there are other people amongst this entire society that's going after uh, pleasure and physicality and luxuries. He says with, that with all of their attempts and all of their desire to actually attain these things, there are people who just, they don't seem to get it. They try, they try, they try, but they just can never get beyond that, um, uh, that Camry. Just doesn't seem to work, okay? They're, they're, they're dying for that Lexus, but somehow they can't get it together. 
But doesn't mean they don't want it. They just they still want it. They haven't they haven't changed their philosophy. They just have been, haven't been able to uh, you know catch that gold ring and and win. And they're they're just rolling after them and they're crawling after them after these things. And they're spending day and night just trying to pursue the this avenue of wealth and um, and uh, you know gluttony. The person thinks about iniquity on his bed, and he's standing in a place that's not good. So that's what happens to people who, if you let, if you let your heart be straight in the wrong direction. Uh, I just spoke about this past Shabbos. The introduction to um, to Kiseitze spoke about a pasuk in Mishlei. Just very quickly, because it really connects to this idea. Is um, where where Mishlei says. Um, my son, give your heart to me. I want your heart. And Rebbe Bechai explains about that pasuk that basically you need to decide where your heart is. Is your heart in the physical world going after physical things or is your heart in the spiritual world directed towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu? But it can't be in both places. You just, you, you just, we don't have, we're not made up that way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu pretty much said very clearly, there's bracha and there's kolo. There's Chaim and his Moves. So that in-between state doesn't really exist for the Jewish people. So we have to pursue excellence. Because we don't, we're unfortunately pursuing uh, depravity. It's, it's, just, it's hard to avoid it because it becomes the uh, direction of our lives. Hushem Gam Yachad. As we continue the next paragraph. And both of these groups together, whether it's people who reach the, uh, the top of the mountain, Okay, where they, they have it all. They've got the luxury penthouse and whatever. They've got the, you know, all of the, uh, the trappings of you know, a couple that made it. Or those who are just wanting to make it, but they have not made it yet. They drown in the, in the passions of their pleasures. And they will not reach the ultimate good that they're trying to attain. And they lose terribly uh, in their involvement that they're doing to trade an eternal world for a passing world. Okay, that's, you know, that's what it is. I just got a, you know, a wake-up phone call. It was, a, you know, a person, people who cared, but they want to know if... Um, if I wanted to buy, you know, uh, land in Eretz Yisrael, uh, there, there, there's a whatever group of friends, and they're buying karka in uh, in Beit Shemesh. And do I want to do uh, do I want to buy in for uh, you know for Peshi and I? It's like you know, it's that kind of question. I mean, it's something. It's a serious issue, and you have to think about those things. But it sort of wakes you up into the reality, you know, that yeah, that's where we all end up, right? I mean, that's a place we don't avoid. We don't avoid six feet under. So, you know, and so what, what are we doing? We, if that's where we're ending up, is that what we're going to spend our whole life? And then when it's all over, we've had nothing because we spend our whole time um, exchanging a world that's eternal with a world that's passing and, uh, and uh, fleeting. And this reveals the, literally the, the low and, and, 
and horrible choices that we make if that's what we're willing to do. These people who, who go after these values do not value what service Takarish Baruch was all about. And the eternal world. They're, they're going to let it go. I, I don't know what it's about. I, I don't really know. I can't feel it. I can't touch it. I can't see it. So, you know, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep focused on my Lamborghini. And that's, that's what I need. Um, nor do they really understand the value of the Lamborghinis, okay, and the and the uh, you know the home in um, you know on the Mediterranean, all the other you know crazy luxuries that they're going after, which they put above this. In other words, so if clearly you're val- you're valuing the the uh, materialistic things over spiritual things. A, you devalued the spiritual world, and you way overblow you, 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 and, and uh, uh, completely uh, exaggerated the value of the, 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 the passing and the fleeting and the physical. Kamoshinera, as a Pesach and Tilim says, They traded in their glory. They traded in their honor. They traded in the greatness of who they were. What? For, a, for the form, for the shape of an ox eating grass. That's what the Jewish people, if they're not careful, are capable of doing. And their desire for what they're so involved in overcomes them. And the foolishness of their vain attempts at trying to amass wealth. It does not stop, even though, you know, it's, it's vain and it's foolish, but you know what? They're in it. We're, we're in that world. That's what matters to me. You know, and everything is, uh, how much is it, uh, is it worth? And how much does it cost? And how fancy is it? And, you know, uh, I hate to say it. I mean, you know, you have people uh, competing over bottles of, of uh, scotch. $250 bottle, $300 bottle. I mean, th- this is, you know, I mean, again, you know, I guess if, you, if you're a connoisseur, you can appreciate anything. But is this is really where you want to spend your money? This is really what what you want your focus in life to be, um, you know, fancy liquors and 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 meats that you can only get from you know one butcher somewhere in the you know in the in Asia somewhere. So we're going to spend you know uh, ten times the amount for it. Like it, that means you're living in a world that values that, and you're devaluing devaluing by definition what really matters. So it doesn't stop them from being worried in their thoughts about Bamsas Havolam Chadoshim, to find new vain things, new angles, new uh, thoughts of what I'm going to acquire, Shotanu Givetavos, of pleasures and passions. And to be involved, having their hearts involved with, with what surrounds them. Because, you know, it's literally we're, we're so enamored with the world that we're in, we, we sometimes lose track of reality. And the more that they are getting closer to the passions that exist in this world, as I said before, it's one or the other. You can't. It does not work. The idea that you really think you're close to God while what really makes you tick is, you know, that the, the fancy stuff and the materialistic things and the pleasures of life. Um, no. 
The more you go after the physical, the more you're moving away from the spiritual, from the true light, the light of truth. And the more that the light of truth moves away from you because of what you're trying to move towards, you get more into the Eitzahara and you're more into your drive. And literally, you, you're, it's like a downward constant spiral. To literally what happens, it almost sounds like an addict who hits rock bottom until darkness overcomes you. You are literally in a world of darkness. You can't see. But God will believe them, and so great are the passions for this world in that person's heart. And literally, it's, 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 it's success and whatever you're able to gain is what's good in your eyes. And they build this philosophy, this image um, on the destruction of their seichel. Literally, there is no seichel. They just, this, they're just so absorbed and they're so uh, into, into what they need to be into that there is no logic anymore. It's, it gets part of the bloodstream and you're addicted. You can't, um, you just can't get out of it. You know, reading, reading this book, uh, you know, but, uh, but this uh, Mike Lindell, it's, it's an amazing thing. Before he actually, I, I didn't get to the part that he actually turned around, but here's a guy who was given opportunity after opportunity, and he's a, he's a, he's a crack cocaine addict, and no matter how many times he sees that this is destroying his life, he just goes right back. So because that's it, you know, until so you really hit rock bottom, you're just... You're, you're just blind. You push, you can't see. And you can be addicted to that, of, of course. And there are other addictions that are maybe are more subtle. Doesn't mean that uh, you're not addicted to, to that credit card. I, I think actually, I'm not sure, but I remember hearing a few years ago that it's actually became a real addiction. The whole shopping credit card addiction is an actual real addiction. Um, and the more that the world becomes you know, uh, enamored with this, the more is the destruction of their intellect. To the point where going off the deep end is the right way to go. Okay, I'm, I'm exactly where I want to be. I'm looking, like I'm, I'm on the road and I'm driving and I'm literally driving off a cliff, but I'm convinced it's the right way to go. And this is exactly where I need to be. And the confusion that they're so um, they, they're so um, enmeshed in. Who That's literally the right path. Everything is good. We we got no problems. It becomes like a law and philosophy. It becomes tradition. This is what we do. So, like, how far did this? How far did we did we move away from you know just? you know, a generation or two ago. And he's saying this literally an entire generation, an entire people can be swept up in this. And it really just, you know, it's a frightening thought of, you know, how much are we impacted? How much is, is where, uh, is what, of what he's describing where we are to some degree, you know, obviously we have to grab, we have to grab hold of this and move in the other direction, but are we as a people just overly concerned with physical possessions, materialistic things, and it's, it's really frightening because we don't know. I mean, maybe we do know. But um, certainly to a lot of people, you know, uh, not having time to spend on spiritual things 
and again, I'm, you know, what, what I'm hearing from people out in the different parts of, of the country is that this COVID has taken a tremendous toll on young, on young couples, young men who would normally be at Minion. And now, you know, they're just uh, they're as it is, it's not easy. Um, you know, being a businessman and, and uh, trying to put food on the table in today's world uh, without, you know, getting sucked into this mentality. But, you know, COVID just made it that much more challenging. It, it's really something that we have to, you know, be mechazig each other about and to support each other in, in, in this struggle of not being enamored with this American dream. I mean, it's great that we have freedom in America, but the greatness of freedom for a Jew in America is not to you know, just completely blindly follow that American dream because that can easily become, as, as he's explaining, the American nightmare, okay? Our freedom in America is so amazing because it allows us to pursue our spiritual pursuits and no one's stopping us. We can't let ourselves stop ourselves. He's not done. Everyone is looking at what everybody else is doing. I want to know what my friend bought. I want to know what my friend has. If all you do is just take the basics of this world, you're a lazy person. Come on, get your act together. How come you don't have a big house at this point? Still living in an apartment? Come on. Okay, that, that's unacceptable. You're a lazy person. And if you don't have a lot of possessions and you're just happy with a basic lifestyle, well, you're... You're a loser. You're just, uh, you're no good, Nick. You're just well, wasting your time. Person is, is happy with the basic needs. Halosh, you're weak. You're, you know, you're shvach. You don't have, you don't have what it takes. Um, but if you work in, for this world and you're, you're very strong and industrious in this world, Chorutz, now, now you've got, that's a guy who's, who's you know, uh, who's a get, get up and go, very industrious fellow. That's what I'm looking for. And people brag and gain glory and become elevated by their possessions. In order to do that, I'll be, I'll be friendly with anybody. In order to get ahead, okay, I want to get into that fancy country club. It's, it's who you know, right? That, that, that's, that's what counts. So I'll become friendly with the right people. And because of that, sometimes they get angry at each other. It leads to fights. And they make up in order for what to get what they need. And in order to benefit from this world, they make their stomachs their God. And their clothing, their Torah, their law, their, their religion. And the, the beauty of their apartments, of their homes, is uh, their ultimate tradition. That's what really counts. That's amazing because really almost none of these things are prohibited, right? But he's saying to us something extremely deep and, and, and profound. He's saying to us, it doesn't have to be prohibited. It will end up taking you away from Torah. You will end up going in a very, very bad way, but it's the initial thrust of where you're going it's just for physicality. But by definition, uh, he's, he's, he's enlightening us and he's showing us <coughs> that that world, by definition, means you're moving away from Hashem and ultimately from Torah. And they are fools in the depths of foolishness. 
and they are running in the road of, uh, of of laziness, laziness not to gain the money, but laziness to pursue spirituality. And they're completely trapped and absorbed in the in the uh, weight of, of passions. And yet, with all this, I mean, and tell me we haven't met somebody like this. Amazing. I mean, this is written such a long time ago, and it's mamish. And that very same person is going to want to get a lot of schar. That very same person might look in the mirror and say, Ich bin tzadik. You're, you're doing things every single day against Hashem's will, but somehow I'm looking in the mirror and I see a, a holy Jew. And you want to reach the, the level of tzaddikim while acting totally like Rishoyim. Sounds crazy. Sounds like this 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 person's insane. But you know what? We it's the person's not so insane. I mean, they are insane. But the point is that it, uh, intelligent people can actually fall into this trap. You know, maybe because they do certain things. Maybe they give a lot of tzedakah, or you know, they sort of go through the motions. But if your heart's not there, it's all it's all fake. And that's what the the refrain we hear from so many abundant today is that the. There are a lot of Jews in the late 20s, 30s, maybe even 40s that they, they lose a spark. They just don't, they don't have it. And they're just going through the motions, if that much. Some just walk away from religion completely. And these are people who will learn. They, these, are, these are religious people who seemingly had strong backgrounds, and yet they're walking away. Or if they're not walking away, they're living a life that's a fake. They just say there's nothing really sincere about what they're doing. And and this this can actually a person can actually think this way. Like the Gemara in Sota says, zimri, pinchas. It is amazing. They do what Zimri did, but they expect Pinchas's reward. So Pinchas was given an incredible reward for killing Zimri and Cosby and and stopping Achil Hashem. They're doing Zimri's act but they want Pinchas's reward. And it's amazing. In other words, there's such a mentality like this. The Gemara is saying, yeah, there are people like that. It sounds, it sounds bizarre, but that's how, how, that's how warped our thinking could be. Let's well, just one more paragraph. Since it is clearly in the, in, in the ability, in the grasp of the eight Sahara to bring people to this incredibly frightening level, and to leave Torah and to do and to act like this, they need a specific level to get out of this trap and to and to get out of rock bottom. They need a special precious, a special abstinence, which I talked about at the beginning of this chapter of what it's about. Today, why do they need to go there? They in order to stand up in front of the eight. So you got to go very strong the other way. You got to, you know, in order to get to the middle, you first have to bend back in the other direction. Okay, and to really just literally stand up against all of this of this onslaught. So you finally can get bent back in the middle of where you really need to be.
which the Torah commands us to do, okay, that, that brings us to the perfect faith and trust in Hashem um, and in the world that He created in, in doing the right thing. So clearly, when a person's in this mode, He's saying to us, we have to bend back. So it, it's interesting because at, at the beginning it sounded like he was saying that's for everybody, that everybody should take on this type of precious. Here it sounds like it's necessary to have this precious in the world so that the people who really need it can hold on to it. Sounds like maybe other people are able to take a little bit more liberty. We'll have to see more 